podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. In his best-selling book, Law of Attraction, Michael Lossier showed us how we can attract the things we want through our attention, energy, and focus. But what if you aren't able to pinpoint what you want in life? What if you're stuck, unsatisfied, but unable to see what's holding you back? Unable to identify what will truly bring you joy? In Your Life's Purpose, Michael Lossier dives into our most basic motivations— and lays out a simple guide to help you identify your strongest needs. These needs, which he calls fulfillment needs, are the four core motivators that when taken together, describe the meaning and purpose of your life. Lossier spent five years developing a proven methodology for identifying these needs. His easy to follow step-by-step guide will help you understand not just what drives you, but how to integrate joy into your day-to-day life. Complete with interactive exercises, charts, and personal testimonials, this results-driven book will help you evaluate your job, build compassion and understanding in your relationships, and make big life decisions based on your level of fulfillment. Michael Lossier's books, courses, and videos have helped millions of people around the globe to improve their relationships, redirect their energies, and find personal fulfillment. You may be surprised how easily you can find your life's purpose. Valeria interviews Michael Lossier. Michael is known as the how-to guy for teaching people how to apply law of attraction to their personal and business life. He is a best-selling author of other two books, Law of Attraction, Law of Connection, Law of Attraction has sold over 3 million copies in 37 languages. Michael caught the attention of Oprah Winfrey, who interviewed him four times on her Soul Series radio show on Sirius Radio. Oprah then went on to invite him to host his own show for Oprah and Friends Network. He has certified 540 Law of Attraction facilitators in 17 countries, teaching them how to use accelerated learning techniques when teaching Law of Attraction. Meet Michael at michaellossier.com. Here is the interview with Michael Lossier. In your own words, who is Michael Lossier? Well, Michael Lossier is quite motivated by influencing other people in a positive way. And knowing that that's important to me, I create many opportunities to exercise that feeling. Because I'm pretty selfish, I like to feel good all the time. 
So I'm making sure that I'm doing something that makes me feel good all the time because selfish is self-care. So I care about my feelings and how I feel and what I do and who I hang around with. So all of it at the end of the day is influencing people in a positive way. So before I ask you some questions related to your book, Your Life's Purpose, Uncover What Really Fulfills You, I have these warm-up questions, open questions that I mentioned off record. The first one for you had to be this one. What is your definition of success? What is to be successful? Well, if you ask me, you know, around work, around your relationships or around this, like depending on what the context is. So I'm going to answer it this way. It's not the word that I use to describe the experience. It's how I feel about that. So I might say, you know what? Um, in my job, I'm very successful because I love how I feel about that. And I love how I feel about this relationship. So that's success to me. So it doesn't have a number or a measurement. It has a feeling. And if I'm not feeling good, that means I'm not on target to that. It's like, I don't like doing this. I'm not doing a good job with this. You You can always tell by how you feel. Do you see a difference between feelings, emotions, and intuition? It's a good question. You know, I have another book. It's on NLP, and I talk about the four learning styles. You know, all four learning styles refer to this experience differently. In other words, a kinesthetic person, that's people that operate by their feelings, they would use the word gut feeling. Mm, Yeah. So I got a gut feeling. And then a a thinker, that's another style, they would say, I have this knowingness. Mm, Notice how they didn't use the word feeling. A a knowingness, because they know. They're they're all in their brain. And then an auditory person might say, you know what? This voice spoke to me. And the rest of us say, what voice? I didn't hear But that's the auditory person, right? They process through words and song and music and, and you know, they're, they're talkers. So when they say, you know what, this really spoke to me. And then for me, being visual, I would use the word intuition. But in other words, I can say, if you and I were having a conversation, you said, you know what, I got this real gut feeling. Well, I would, I would, I would talk to you with that word. I wouldn't try to introduce my word. I would say, I know I get that gut feeling too, right? Instead of saying, well, for me, it's really more of a knowingness, but they all mean the same thing. (laughs) You know, in my book, Law of Attraction, I talk about moods and feelings. And some people say, what's the difference? (laughs) And I say, there isn't one. Mm -hmm. You know, a kinesthetic person, that's the feely person, they would use the word feelings. But a thinker, somebody in their head, They probably wouldn't say how they feel, but they might say, you know what, that put me in a good mood. Now, that's that's as close as to the word feeling you're going to get with that group. So the point that I'm making for you is we can use many words to describe the same thing. What do you think is the purpose of the human experience? Okay, well, for some people, probably not your audience, because I know who I know their I know their style, I know their mindset. But when I do a public presentation and I look at the audience and they have people like you and I, and then they have people that are only there because it's Michael Loche. So and, and they might know me from my law of attraction world. And now I'm in front of the stage and I'm telling people in the very beginning, I'm gonna do it with our audience today, is that it might take a paradigm shift. 
It might take a paradigm shift for you to hear what I think the purpose of life is and just be with it. A lot of people will have an instant, oh, that's not true, not for me because blah, 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 blah. I'm just saying, what if the purpose of your life is to experience joy? Mm. What if that was the experience? <laughs> now, you know, there's someone in the audience, they'll put their hand up, not me. The purpose <laughs> of my life is to be an artist. I love being art. <laughs> so I say, stand up, tell me more about that. And I say, oh, when I'm painting and drawing, I feel so, you know what they're experiencing? They're explaining the experience of joy when they're painting. So it isn't the painting, it's the joy they're feeling from the painting. And pe- she, she thought that was the purpose. I said, no, listen to this, it's just so important. That is the strategy for you to experience joy. Wow. So what, yes. So in my book, Your Life's Purpose, I start off with 30 fulfillment needs. And what are fulfillment needs? I coined the term. Guess what? It's pretty obvious. They're needs that fulfill us. So I'm not going to tell people they need to be a nurse or a doctor or a plumber or a healer. That's not my job. But I can help people uncover and identify what fulfills them. And what if you knew? What if you knew the reason why? You say, oh, you know what, boy, I love volunteering. And I'm and because you know what? We don't volunteer something we don't like for most cases. So how, what you volunteer at, it's not the thing that you're doing, it's how you're feeling about the thing that you're doing. Let's just say, for example, I'm gonna look at my list. I got 30 needs on the list. And some of them, people would say, Oh, that's not me. But what about the person that's that uh, sits home and works by themselves and all of a sudden they're volunteering and they're part of the weekly group and they're the meter and greeter. Right? Oh, they love to meet and greet, and they make sure people have a seat, and and they, you know, they welcome new people, mm-hmm. and they do that once a week, and they love it. They can't wait to go. Mm-hmm. So I would say there's needs on this list that are being met. It's not. Listen, meeting and greeting isn't on the list, but here's some words. Would it be their sense of contribution? That's on the list. What about connection? What about community? What about control? Probably not. What about power? I don't know. There's no judgments in any of the words, but what if you knew what need was being met when you did that? So that's what my, so just to recap, pretend you, pretend, you know, a dartboard, the very centered, the the little target, the target is joy. That's my goal, experience joy. So that raises the question, well, I, don't, I don't know what brings me joy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I really don't. So then we've got to take a step back. Let's pretend we're the very outside of the, of the dartboard. The question is, what fulfills you? Good. So we're going to work a little bit backwards. I'm going to tell you what my top four needs are. And then once you know what they are, you make a lot of decisions on that information. It becomes like a yardstick. When you asked me to do this interview, I didn't have to check my list. I knew it matched. And what if this interview didn't get my needs met? Then I could do it, but unhappily or resentful, and that's what people do. They just do it without thinking, am I going to get my needs met? So here's my top four needs. Now, just a little bit of background about me. You know, I've been been doing seminars on law of attraction and NLP and life purpose for about 20 years. 
I've, I have audiences, 4,000 people. I travel the blah, on and on and on. I've been doing Facebook Live for three years. I've got uh, 10, uh, 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 1,000 videos on YouTube. I do a sh- on and on and on. Boy, am I ever a workhorse <laughs> or am I ever building strategies to get my needs met? Mm. And here they are. There's four of them. Remember the list, there's 30. And as you go through my book, it's like, you know, when you watch one of those um, um, reality shows where every week they vote somebody off? Yeah. Well, that's what you do with my book. You start off with the 30 needs, mm-hmm. and at the end of the process, guess what? The strong ones survived. Right. And it doesn't mean I don't have the other needs, but they're not as dominant. So here's my top four dominant needs, and you'll see how your request that got me here went check, 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 check. First fulfillment need for me, attention. I getting your attentiveness right now? Yes, you are. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And next one, influencing people in a positive way. Am I kind of maybe doing that with <laughs> you right now or the listeners? Yes. That's yeah. right. The third <laughs> one, is, you're going to like this one. The third one is intimacy. And here's how I spell it. Into hyphen me hyphen S-E-E. Say that fast. Into me, right? So, do you notice that we're not talking about cars and sports and the weather? Because that's not an intimate conversation with me. Right. Mm. Oh, I love that. Michael. Hey, listen. Yeah, here's the fourth. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, the fourth one is freedom. Right. I chose. Mm. I chose. I said yes. I could do this. I've been doing a Facebook live show every Saturday for 167 Saturdays. And people said, wow, how do, why do you do it on a Saturday? You know why? It's my favorite day of the week. Why do I do it at 9 a.m.? It's my favorite time on my favorite day of the week. Listen, I am so selfish. I'll do anything to get my needs met. <laughs> that is so cute. Well, selfish equals self-care. Let's, re- let's remind that to our friends listening. Selfish equals self-care. A quick little story. I'm in a queue back. I'm 15 years old. I get my first job. It was under it was an under the table job, which means it wasn't legal. In other words, um, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be 16 to get a job in Canada, and I was 15. Mm-hmm. My sister got me a job. I was so excited, and my I, I remember when my sister and I talked about it. She said, "You called me at noon, and you were crying, and you said, please take me to your house, but don't tell mom and dad I can't do this.' So remember my needs." Attention, intimacy, influencing people in a positive way, and freedom. You know what I was doing? I was mowing lawns in a graveyard. Oh, wow. Were my needs getting met there? Absolutely not. And here's what everybody here needs to hear. When your needs are missing, you're bored. In my book, a little cartoon, a guy sitting on the stump, you know, I'm bored. What he really could be saying, I'm not getting any fulfillment needs met right now. Right. That's why we're bored. I'm unhappy. It's because you're not getting your fulfillment needs. So step number one, find out what they are. And step number two, be selfish enough to have strategies to get them met. What I wonder is this idea of joy for all of us. And finding things that bring us, quote unquote, joy, because we have different meanings for that, perhaps. And then becoming somehow a slave to it, always trying to do the same things to get the same result. 
So do you separate joy from happiness? Well, you know what? We're, so I don't know why we do it in, in this language. Why do we have so many words that mean the same thing? Right. You, know, you know what's going there. Listen, I wrote this. As you're talking, this is what I wrote down. Joy, feeling good, calmness, high vibes. They all mean the same thing. Yeah. Now, if somebody's put a little chart together. Remember, these are all made up words. Every word in the planet is made up. So someone's, someone went through a list of 100 positive feelings, everything from content to happy to blissful to elated. And let's just pretend we needed 100 names. We need 100 names for all these feelings. Feeling 27, what are we going to call them? <laughs> because we could go around and say, oh, you know what? I'm so 27 today. <laughs> oh, 27. My husband ticked me off today. I was about a 28. <laughs> right. Uh, so we give the thing. Yeah. So the names that you and I were talking about, love, joy, mm. bliss, you know what? They're in the same box. Yeah, and they are. I agree. And I, and I also want to remind our listeners that it's okay not to say that joy is the purpose of your life because that word might not resonate with you. You might say, well, the purpose of my life is to feel good. No, the purpose of my life is just peace and calm. That's my purpose. This, right? Doesn't mean you can't be a doctor or a nurse or a healer or a babysitter or a mother or uh, uh, a banker. Doesn't mean you can't do those things if you're feeling good doing it. So that's what we talked about the paradigm shift. You know, one of the shifts is that it's okay to feel good. <laughs> that's a, it's okay to feel good. Mm, and like you, should be, you should be selfish enough as a mom or dad or a partner or anybody that you should be looking after your needs first and making sure, because when your needs first met, boy, do you ever have a happy family and team around you and me. Because if I'm negative, boy, could I spread that in a workplace or in a family? Yes. We have a hard time saying that, that we love ourselves unconditionally and just being confident enough to say that. Well, I don't know if it's true. Mm. I love myself unconditionally until I see my body size or until I, when I used to see my fingernails when I chewed it. So I'm not putting those conditions on myself. But here. We're going to switch a little lesson because this is really important. I, I teach this in my um, Facebook live shows often. Is around the word um, self-esteem. And self-esteem is the ability to esteem yourself. So, you know, I'm, I'm mentoring a lot of practitioners that do what I do. And, and you know, I'm, some of them are doing Facebook Lives and some of them are practicing different things. And, boy, it's easy to call your girlfriend and say, oh, my God, I did horrible. Mm -hmm. So I've trained them to do this. Tell me three things you did good on that. And tell me three things you do better. Say, well, here's what I did. You know what? I was really articulate and I had a good speed. And the next thing I did, I, you see how I'm not esteeming them. Hey, let me tell you how great you are. No, learn to do that yourself. But here's the question for everything you do. What three things did you do well? And what three things would you do better or differently? You see, you don't, see how you don't have to beat yourself up? Because uh, yesterday in the group, one woman said, here's what I would do differently. I would make sure that I spoke slower. Well, we know what she was doing, but she didn't have to acknowledge that. She didn't have to say, oh, I spoke too fast. She just said, I'm, and she goes, and the next thing I would do, she said, I would stay on the call longer for anybody that had more questions because I left, 
And then she thought, oh, doesn't matter what I did, but here's what I would do differently. So you see how she polished her first visit just by esteeming herself. And ideal. it's nice to get self-esteem. But, you know, when I would be doing seminars, sometimes with 2,500 people in Malaysia and Hong Kong, and, and the team would say, do you want us to get, do you want us to get feedback? I said, I just had 2,500 people give me a standing ovation. And you think I want to know that the room was too hot? <laughs> I could care less. I, I influenced everybody in this room for an hour, and they're all leaving with my voice in their head how to apply law of attraction. Right. Wow. That's how you have to esteem yourself. Don't look for anybody. Don't, you know, and feedback. Feedback is what can I do better? What could I do differently? And do it to yourself. Get in the habit. Words are very important. The words we choose to express the feelings and the emotions or whatever it is. Well, that, that is true, but I'm just going to slice and dice it a little bit. Yeah. Law of attraction isn't responding to the words. It's responding to how you feel about the words. Because law of attraction doesn't have ears. It doesn't know the words you're using. It's responding to how you feel about the words you're using. Law of attraction doesn't know what you're watching or smelling or eating or tasting or who you're with. Law of attraction is responding to the vibration that you send when you're doing those things. And it is true. It starts with your words. When you talk about something that you don't like or you don't want, law of attraction doesn't know whether you want that or don't want that. Law of attraction isn't a decider. It's a matcher. Mm, right. That's why your words are important. Thank you for that clarity. Well, I'm going to say one more sentence, and it might sting a bit for some people. <laughs> the universe isn't very smart. It's obedient. Mm. So if I'm sending a negative, law of attraction is, oh, that's Michael Loger. Don't send him anything negative. He's too nice. Law of attraction doesn't know I'm Michael Loger. Law of attraction is responding to what I give attention to. So if I'm complaining about clients canceling and this time and getting bullied and picked on or, you know, just whatever that negative vibe is, law of attraction is not very smart. It doesn't know if I want that or don't want that. You know what it does? It matches that vibe by giving me more of the same. So it, it does start with the words. What do you think is the world's greatest need at this time? Well. Here is what I know from years of my own experience and understanding law of attraction. There will be great clarity through this contrast, period. Because clarity surfaces through contrast. And contrast is anything you don't like or don't feel good. And we're getting clarity now with all the protest and, 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 and uh, the voting, everything. That's, look, at all, look at all the messy contrast, but look at the clarity. You can just see it. I mean, I'm a Canadian, but I can, I can see all the clarity. People standing up and having a voice and getting tired of that. It's just like, whew, look at that. So that clarity can be birthed through contrast, period. I like that. So there is a purpose in a way to the opposites of feeling good, of what light is, which we call dark. I wouldn't use the word purpose, right? Because <laughs> it sounds like it was deliberate. It's not, a, not that it, that's not the purpose of it, but that is the effect of it. Mm, okay. you know? yeah. is the observation of what we don't like will help birth what we do like. How did you become a writer? 
Well, I'm not actually a writer. <laughs> I want to tell you a little secret. <laughs> I, gra- I graduated 30 years ago. <laughs> I've read 10 books in 30 years. <laughs> I have four books in my house. Three of them are mine. And one of them is The Emotion Code. I don't endorse other people's books because I'd have to read it. I've only endorsed two books out of probably 500 offers because I didn't want to have to read the book. (laughs) Right. Fair enough. (laughs) But what I did with all three books, even like 22 years ago, I'm a seminar leader. And all three of my books were once seminars that I developed and I developed the worksheets and I would do a seminar and I would walk around the room and watch people fill out the forms and ask questions and get confused and make it better <laughs> and then have another seminar before you know it. And people were emailing me and, oh, I love when you said this and I love when you did this and I love this worksheet, case studies. And, poof. and then one time I met a speaker. I was still working for the government. I, I went up to him afterwards and I said, he was motivational. I was too, but I was closeted motivational. 25 years ago, you were weird, period, if you were into anything positive. 25 years. I mean, if you wanted to, even if you wanted a Brian Tracy book, you had to go to like a Wiccan bookstore. Wow. Like, and now you can get them at Costco. Right. 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 Did you set an intention when you wrote the book, Your Life's Purpose? You know, I, uh, well, first, a little bit of background. My book, uh, Law of Attraction, came out, you know, and I worked with that topic for about 15 years. I sold, 3.5 million copies in 37 languages. I went around the world many times. My publisher said, people love your writing style. Of course, I was embarrassed because I never wrote anything in my life. <laughs> but you know what they liked about my book, Law of Attraction? They liked the way it was written. And the way it was written is because of NLP. That means understanding the four ways people learn. So my my publisher said, well, you have to write about that. You have to write about how to write about <laughs> to the four styles. So I wrote that book. Um, I didn't give it a lot of attention because I'm still riding the wave of law of attraction. It's, the secret came out and hundreds and thousands of people were buying books and so on and so on. And then what I was doing is people were using law of attraction to attract good things. And some of my friends would say, well, you know what? I like the law of attraction, but you know, I don't even know what would make me happy. So we would go for lunch, for example, and, you know, the restaurants that have those big placemats. Yeah. And I would be taking notes. And because I understood about the four styles, there's often a relationship between your style and what needs would be important to you. So I'm at the restaurant asking lots of questions. And at the end, I'd fold up the paper and I would say, okay, tell me if these four are important to you. And their jaw would drop and they would say, oh, my God, yes. <laughs> and I would say, is that current? Do you have all four of these in your current job? And they would say, no, I'm so friggin' bored. And tell me, mm-hmm. in other words, we would keep testing this material. Yeah. So then I kept, and then all this time I'm thinking that's a one-on-one process. It's very intuitive. You know, I had to get a gut feeling, ask questions. And this isn't something I could duplicate and put in the book. This is a coaching session. So cue ahead, quick story. I go to Malaysia. We're traveling three hours to another city to stay overnight to do a seminar. There's four of us in the car, me and Siva in the front seat. There was two married couples in the car, two Malaysian, two Chinese, and we're driving to uh, Penang. So I get in the car and Siva says, Michael, we keep hearing you talk about um, fulfillment needs. And at one time, my book was called Fulfillment Needs when I was writing it, you know. 
And then the publisher said, well, nobody will know what that means, but they know what your life purpose means. So at, at this time, we were just calling it fulfillment needs. They said, we got a three-hour drive. Would you help me uncover mine? So, yeah, sure. So we, you know, we're driving up the highway, and we're about an hour and I'm asking questions. And you know, remember, I'm being intuitive. I said, well, what about this? And what about this? And I'm taking notes. And so now we're at a road stop um, picnic area, and we pull up, and, we, and everyone gets our drinks, and we get that back to the table. And he sits across from me and said, okay, I think I might have uncovered your top four needs. So I read them to him. He was almost weeping. He said, oh, they, everything about them. And then I got him to tell a time when they weren't met and so on. And then when I was done, you know what the other three people said? He did ours too. Mm-hmm. I said, wow. <laughs> so what I uncovered at that, at that coffee or that picnic site was that actually it is a process. And it's a process of questions that I asked that I didn't know. And the three people in the back seat were answering the questions. And I nailed it. And all three of them told me what their top four was and so on and so on. So I thought, okay, I got to write a book. So then, just like my other two books, I'm in Malaysia. And they said, do you want to do a seminar on this now, like while you're here? And I said, do it. So I didn't even have a seminar book. So I'm at my hotel room starting the draft of the worksheets. And we didn't do a full day when it was like an hour and a half, just enough to tell people about it. And people were starving for it. They loved it. And then I, and then I flew home. I thought, okay. And then I spent five years writing it because I had to do so many seminars. You know, this, the workshop that says write a book on a weekend. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't to happen. So that's why I wrote the book, Your Life Purpose, because I was helping friends then I uncovered that it's a process, and um, and it's 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 a big problem with people, you know, people that are you know older that are starting a new career, maybe like their forties or fifties, and they want to start a new career. Their fulfillment's more important to them than money. Boy, I, I could sure get that. I could sure take that management job, but I wouldn't be fulfilled. Young people don't say that. So, and then there's people that are going to school. They're, they're learning to be a doctor or a lawyer. They're not going to be fulfilled with that. You got to know what fulfills you. And then you work towards getting those needs met. Yeah, I love this idea. Especially when you said in the very beginning, connected that to joy, which to me comes back to this practice of self-awareness, self-knowledge, self-love, you call selfishness, where I call unconditional self-love. <laughs> Like I like like self awareness to me is be aware of what makes you happy and be aware that takes you off really yeah so it's one thing to be self aware and the next step is okay be take action oh yeah. you know it's like going to a buffet if you don't like it don't eat it if you like it have two why did you choose to become a law of attraction teacher Michael it's it's my style I'm a teacher myself. And I, I like training other people. Remember, I like to influence other people. So I trained 475 Law of Attraction certified facilitators in 17 countries. So there's people all over the world delivering Law of Attraction seminars based on my book, Law of Attraction. It's easy to answer that question. Why did you choose this? Why do you do this? Because it brings me joy. Because it fulfills me. Yeah. Listen, I re- I remember one time getting an offer to go for, um, I live near Vancouver, if you can get a picture of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I got an offer to go to Hong Kong. And it was, there was going to be uh, 15 people in the room. I had 45 minutes with a translator. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I turned it down. I wouldn't give it. You know what it's like to have a translator? Nobody looks at me. They're looking at the translator. Right. I would have only went for money. But you know what it would have taken out of my life? Five days. Wow. Traveling, getting there, staying a day, coming home, traveling, being burnt out when I get home. So I said, no. And they said, well, we'll give you more money. I said, you know, this was way before Zoom. But I said, I'm not going to go stand in front of uh, 15 people for 45 minutes and not have them look at me in a different language with like, no. I, w- I would have done it in my early 20s, but not now. Because, <laughs> because fulfillment's too important as an adult. Kind of being guided by your own understanding of self. And that is the most powerful thing I can think of, <laughs> knowing oneself. Going to the process of choosing the top four, I did it myself. And then I'm wondering here, how do we know for sure when we have identified the top four fulfillment needs? Well, there's 30 on the list. It doesn't mean you don't need all 30, Matt. Now, here's what I would do. It's a chapter in the book. I would take four of those little yellow stickies, you know, and put one fulfillment need on each one. And then put them up and down, like one, and then stick the one underneath it. So it goes one, two, three, four. You're looking at them in any order. And you're having a good experience. And you might get off a call like this and say, whoo-hoo, that was the, I'm loving this. So I'd say, okay. And my question would be, look at the wall. Look at the four needs. Which one is being double-clicked on right now? Say, ah, look at that as this one. So pull it off and put it at the top of the list. And then you might say, oh my God, I'm so bored today. And then look at the list and say, well, what's missing? So, you know, it's, it's, it's a process, right? You know, and you might, and then you might come back and say, you know what? I thought attention was one of mine, but I, it never really showed up. I'm going to take it off. I'm going to put a new one on. So it isn't like you only have one shot. But, but once you, and you might want to narrow the list down to six. You might want to play with six. And then start to move the stickies around to say, you know what? This one here keeps coming up. Every time I'm in my best joyous place, I'm always getting this recognition one met. So it's a third, you know, it's self-aware again. You're being aware of yourself. I chose the word freedom. I know you chose that too. So I'm wondering for you, what is the meaning of freedom? What is to be free, Michael, to you? Time. Time is my time is my number one value. I people tick me off when they abuse my time and when people are late or when they're early. And if you want to give me the best, if at all, it doesn't come in a box. It comes, it comes at my door and it's you. You'll spend time with me. So time is really important to me to, to answer that question. Yeah, you connected time to freedom, right? That's right. Freedom means time. I'm, you know, I work out of my home. I make my own schedule. I open my calendar and I, it's my time. And I really, I don't like working at night, so, except when I was in my seminar days, but I don't like doing Zoom at night and classes at night. So I don't do that. Because that's my time. That's Michael time. So yeah, that's what freedom. And somebody else might say, oh, my freedom to me is just having lots of money so I'm feeling safe and you know secure. And you know it's all about interpretation. So there's no wrong answer. It's, 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 it's ourselves that need to know the right feeling. This is the feeling for me. It doesn't have to be for you. But boy, it's nice to know, it would be nice to know if we knew what our partner's feelings were. 
yeah. or what they're fulfilled. So if our partner likes to be acknowledged, and we don't, we we could care less about being acknowledged. It means we probably don't acknowledge people. But if your partner likes to be acknowledged, this little sentence to say, "Hey, I just want to acknowledge this is a great dinner." That sentence alone would help increase the harmony in the relationship. Even though you're not used to that word, you see what my point is? It's like when you know what fulfills people, your friends and your family and your spouses and your children, wouldn't you want to help them fulfill that so you can build better relationships? So, And I also love how that kind of inspires me to think about being comfortable with ourselves that leads also to confidence, just becoming more confident. You come across very confident. So that is a very positive thing. My confidence in this interview comes from my experience. If this was a brand new topic for me, I wouldn't, I would come off as being confident, but I would think, oh my God, I'm hoping I'm getting this right. So I'm not hesitating with anything I'm saying today. I'm very confident because I have the experience. Now, my, all of it wraps around my self-esteem. Right. Mm, yeah. Right. And in and, and the background, I'm not saying I'm doing it with you. In the background, here's what I'm, oh, I hope she approves of me. I hope they like what I'm saying. I hope I'm not offending anybody. I hope everybody's on board, right? That's a lack of self-esteem. Yeah. And it's okay that people don't like it, but and again, I'm not looking for you, for anybody to, uh, to put me down or to put me up. I'm going to do that myself. And because I'm so confident, I know I'm doing a good job. We're almost at the end. I have a few more questions for you, but before that, would you like to add anything or read a passage from one of your books? You know what? I'll say one of my famous quotes. It's around law of attraction. Everybody always been, everyone, a lot of people are using law of attraction deliberately and, you know, they do the collages and the dream boards and they tell 10 friends and they're praying, they're doing everything. <laughs> and then they stand back and say, how come I'm not getting it? Right. The speed, here's the quote, the speed at which you attract anything is determined on how much doubt you have in receiving it. Mm. I'd love to have that new job, but I doubt I can have it. I'll say it again. The speed at which you attract anything is determined on how much doubt you have in receiving it. And then sometimes you talk about something and it shows up the next day and you say, what's going on? Yeah. So I, I would say, did you doubt? No, I didn't doubt it at all. I expected it. Mm, right. And other times you're thinking, well, I knew that was going to happen. I'd been doubting this since day one. And I would say, you know what? You're right. Yeah, it has been my experience. It's interesting how the, the clearer you become, yeah, the, the more amazing things happen. So I have a few more questions for you. Uh, I'm going to ask you this one. So if you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? No, not really. I mean, yeah, it's too late to make any, it's too late to do anything differently. If the question was, would you do things different if you had to do it over? Of course I would do things differently. Not the good stuff, not that chance. Yeah, not that chance encounter and not getting a phone call from Oprah and not doing interviewed four times and not traveling around the world. Yeah. So, but if you knew in a sense of a month from now, you wouldn't be here anymore in this reality, would you make any change, try to do anything differently? Between now and then? Yes, in a month. Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even think about that. You know what? I'm just, <laughs> a, I'm just in the moment. 
It's, you know, as long yeah. as I'm happier tomorrow than I have been or more, I'm okay. And the <laughs> end doesn't matter to me. What are three things about life you know for sure as of now? Mm, relationships don't last forever, most of them. Uh, you get what you vibrate, period. And your subconscious mind's the boss, not your conscious mind. Thank you so much, Michael, for this fun conversation. <laughs> I love how clear and confident you are. I love your wisdom, too. Your Thank presence you. and wisdom. Thank you. Where can we find more information about you, your work, your books, services, and future projects? That's pretty easy. Hangoutwithmichael.com. That's hangoutwithmichael.com. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye for now, Michael. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Michael Lossier and his work, please visit michaellossier.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.